Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rounding First, the best new baseball podcast coming to you live from Jacksonville, Florida and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is myself, Kerry Getz, joined alongside my co-host, Sims. Happy to say that opening day was April 1st. Um, we're going to talk about some some key or surprising off-season moves that we had, and then we're going to hit you with a... Um, Major League Baseball 2021 prediction show. Um, we're Sims and I. We're we're going to talk about uh, any predictions that we might have for the uh, pennant races going into this year, um, because as we know, baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. And then um, we're going to talk about maybe some wild card predictions, and then just dig right into the World Series prediction this year. Um, if you follow some of our podcasts in the past, I think you kind of know that predictions are our niche. Um, so, ready to get into some key offseason moves, man. How you feeling about your Buckos this year? I mean, it's the Buckos. We have some, uh, you know, we have some young talent that'll get traded away in four to five years for some more prospects that'll take three to five years to develop and. You know, start the vicious cycle all over again. It's like a Pirates fan. Um, so, I mean, I'm still excited because it's baseball. I love baseball. I'll be cheering on my Buckos every day. I'll be at as many games as I possibly can be at. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a reality you accept when you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. How about your uh, – Yankees, they are a little bit different on the spectrum. Yeah, you know, feeling good about the Yankees this year, um, for sure. But I will be candid in saying that I do have some concerns about their rotation. Um, as we know, Brian Cashman got his great white, so to speak. Um, within our friend group, it is considered the great white Buffalo, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he signed Garrett Cole last year, and it was a shortened season because of the pandemic. Um, we're expecting Seve back this year um, after undergoing some uh, Tommy John surgery last year. So that'll be a big bolster. I'm excited to see what uh, Corey Kluber does, you know, making his Yankee debut. I think Kluber has a lot left in the tank. Let me say this. It's more of a, a hope more than a think. Um, right. Corey Kluber two years ago was still an elite pitcher um, within the friendly confines of Cleveland. So um, the bullpen is not as strong as it once was with Britain being out for um, the next few months and uh, trading away um, Adam Ottavino, which he can suck a dick because he completely wasted our postseason run um, (laughs) because he – could magically not find the strike zone anymore last fall. Out. He got the yips. But, yeah, it, it really comes down to health. You know, one of our good friends that, that we talk to on a daily basis, Zach, if you're listening, you always mock me and tease me and things like that of this probably being the best Yankees squad that doesn't win a World Series. And we'll see. Uh, I, I know they're at the top of the odds. I think there were plus 450 last time I looked. Um, but it looks like this Yankee squad might run into the juggernaut of the Los Angeles Dodgers that probably have one of the best rosters of the last probably yeah, 15 they, uh, years. I one, would hell, 
one hell of a lineup. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they hit for power one through seven. Um, they have what two former Cy Young winners on the staff with, with Trevor Bauer and, and of course, Clayton Kershaw, which mm-hmm. Clayton's in the twilight of his career, but. Um, Trevor Bauer looked incredible yesterday, by the way. He had a, I'm pretty sure he had a no-no going into the seventh inning. He looked real good. It, it's one of those things that Trevor Bauer reminds me of that acquisition at the early 2000s whenever the Yankees got Roger, Roger Clemens. Uh, mm-hmm. They had they had the deep farm system. They had the rotation. Of course, they had Mo at the back end of the bullpen, but you know, it really makes me think of that dynasty that they had back in the early 2000s with that group with the Yankees, with the core four and their rotation. And then Roger jumped ship and came over to the Yankees. And it just feels like, God, like, does it even, you know, and I'm going to make this, this claim for folks that have the ability to bet on baseball in your respective state. If you don't put money on the Dodgers to win the World Series, you're you're a moron for lack of better Listen, terms. I have a friend that legitimately had a conversation with me the other day about betting a hundred dollars on the Dodgers every game for the whole season. And the math worked out, you know, not knowing the odds ahead of time for every game, but just they were like minus two fifty against the Rockies opening day. Uh, the Rockies are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. So figuring that the odds are that or worse. It was like almost like a 10 grand profit. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to suggest that, but I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, that. <laughs> we have a mutual friend that I know last year spent a lot of money in and bet on the Dodgers. Of course, the Dodgers winning. I mean, regardless of what you have to say or what, what you don't have to say about the shortened season last year with the pandemic, the Dodgers still are the 2020 World Series champions, regardless of, of whatever you, you might think. Um, and you and I, since so we, we have a mutual friend that spent a lot of money betting with the Dodgers last year and, you know, won a lot of fucking money. It's yeah. to the point, Sims, to where you have someone like Chris Taylor on that squad that you can't draft from a fantasy perspective because you don't know their value going into the season. That's how fucking they are. They have Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux is an absolute stud prospect, and he doesn't even get talked about. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Rounding First, Redbeard Entertainment's new baseball podcast brought to you by the same men behind Sims Gets It. I'm Sims. I have my co-host, Kara Getz, here with me. And we're here to talk about our other passion, baseball. Kevin, how are you doing today? Okay. No, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of Dustin May. Dustin May is a pitcher. Dustin May is the uh, the flying tomato. He's got the red curly hair. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't ever disrespect <laughs> Clint Frazier like that again. All right. First off, if it's disrespect to anybody, it's Sean White. But this is a baseball podcast, so right. Um. So, you know, we know Clint Frazier. But yeah, uh, so it's Dustin May. But man, I you know the only question mark that I think can think about the Dodgers, either rotation or, you know, roster for that matter is Kenley. 
Kenley Jansen is a fly ball closer in an era that you probably shouldn't be a fly ball closer. Yeah, and it's burned him a couple times. But he's he's been that one really consistent piece that they've had. Him and Kershaw have been there. They've been on every team that have won. I think they're on seven straight division championships, maybe eight. This year would be nine. They, it, they've dominated that division. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I like the things – we talk about the Dodgers dominating the division and I really like the moves that the the Padres have been making. They're making it interesting out in the NL West. You know, they added guys like Joe Musgrove, which I know you could probably talk about Joe. They added guys like Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish, you know, a lot of really good talent out West. I I'm, you know, we talk about Blake Snell, former, A.L. Cy Young winner, Hugh Darvish, former ace for, excuse me, the Cubs staff. I'm really excited to see what those two guys do out in Petco Park, which, I mean, you and I both know that is a pitcher's ballpark because it's just so fucking huge. Yeah, uh, I I play play for the Padres on the show, and it frustrates me sometimes. It's a nice ballpark, though. I would like to visit there someday. You know, I, I play as a Padres, too, on the show. I, I think it's pretty funny. I did not know that about you, but just hearing fucking Matt Vasgersian calling the Friars whenever you hit yeah. a dinger, there's nothing cooler than that. I love hitting bomb. I love hitting bombs to left field. Just hit the side of that Western Metal Supply Company building. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's got one of, especially if you are lucky enough to get one of those midday games on, like, mm-hmm. a season or a franchise when that sun is setting. Man, I don't – Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. Listen, it's a it's a beautiful site, and there's a lot of ballparks with very good views, and I think that's one of the better ones. I mean, number one is a Stone Cold Lock, but after that, you can make some arguments. Yeah, you know, one move that I wanted to talk about that I was actually really surprised about, and I I watched, um, but which I mean at Fenway, that's good to have because there's a lot of space in that outfield to move around. A lot of foul territory and stuff. Yeah. One thing I'm kind of disappointed with with JBJ is that he didn't get signed by the Brew Crew until March. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was so surprised that he was on the market for so long. I, I'm, I'm just – I can't say I'm disappointed because I think this year was a little bit better than before. Um, the last couple of years, it seems like some legitimate – star power has set on the market until like spring training came around and like, Oh yeah, we'll go ahead and give JBJ a contract and an invitation to spring training. And then you're just like, Oh, it's weird. Yeah, the hot, the hot stove has been pretty lukewarm the last two years. I think, I think teams are recognizing like the top tier talent and then they just don't give a shit after that. You know, people like, you know, as a Yankee said, I, I talk about Garrett Cole. Um, a few years before that was J.D. Martinez. Um, a lot of trades have been happening over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, I think that's a big part of it because big-time players coming up on the end of their contract either re-sign with their team or they get traded. And, like, in a situation like with Mookie Betts, 
he was coming up on free agency eligibility, but he got traded to a great situation and signed another contract. So I think that happens a lot more often as well. Yeah. Mookie Bet, that guy's incredible, man. Yeah, Mookie is (laughs) incredible. Um, Yeah, I don't have much more to say about Mookie. You know, kind of transitioning from a Mookie perspective to probably the best outfielder in baseball today, um, someone that you hold near and dear to your heart is Michael Trout. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bummed to to talk about the offseason and the Angels, things like that. Obviously, last year they signed um, Anthony Rendon to a contract, which was neat to see. They kind of added somebody to that lineup to help Mike Trout produce. But, man, I was going through their acquisitions. And, obviously, they're getting Otani back, you know. Uh, coming back from an injury that seems like a lot of high-level pitchers are coming back from um, in this day and age. It, it just seems like they're being overused so much that um, if you are a high-level prospect, like pitching prospect, you're probably going to be out for a year with TJ, um, as unfortunate as that sounds. And that's an interesting discussion to get into, what you said there about being overused. Because I don't know that it's they're being overused to the standards that's applied to them at a young age in the American baseball system. Like in Little League, you can only pitch a certain amount of innings per week or whatever. You have these guys in Japan that pitch for 20 years and pitch significantly more than American pitchers do, but they start that from an early age and they build those muscles to that point. And I think that's, it's an interesting discussion because, I mean, I'm not a doctor, clearly. um, But it just seems to me that, you know, it's, they're not prepared to work 300 innings like they used to be used to. So my question is this, you, you, you cite Little League and you cite the overusage as a rebuttal for what I said, right? Uh, my question, whenever it comes to Little League and things like that, and I am no expert, if you don't know the answer, that's fine. We can talk about it on the next episode. But, you know, if Terry gets juniors in Little League and he pitches, what's the limit? 65 pitches for six innings or something like that for Little League? Does that also yeah. apply if Kerry Gets Jr. is on a traveling team for the same age group? Is he going every three days pitching 65 pitches every three days to where they're going every three days in Little League and then they have showcases and then they're throwing in the offseason, they're training for you know high school ball and then they have um, American Legion ball, they have fall ball, all that stuff. Like is all that put into account, or if you're on one little league team, you're held to 65 pitches a week? You know what I'm saying? Can you talk yeah, about that? That's a good question. And that I don't know. I know personally, when I was in little league, we we had little league, and then we had all stars, which was the traveling team. So it wasn't like a separate thing. Um. But I don't know if they're two separate things. I don't know how that would work because the pitch limit and inning rule is a strictly 
little league rule. So if there's a travel team competing in different leagues and different tournaments there, I would assume there'd be different rules based on the governing body or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, you know, we talk about off season acquisitions. We talk about, you know, these young kids coming up and, and having TJ, we talk about your boy, Jameson uh, Tyon, you know, from, from, from the Buccos that went to the Yankees. He's another one of these examples. You know, we talk about Luis Severino, Luis Severino, excuse me. We talk about Jameson. We talk about Otani. We talk about all these kids that are coming up and, and they are kids. You know, yeah. we talk about all these kids coming up and then all of a sudden after a couple of innings of big league ball, they're getting TJ. And it's just like, what's happening? Right. Yeah, it's, there's there, there's something going on. And I've even heard it to the point where there's been high school pitchers that like their sophomore, junior year, they get TJ just to get it, to get it done, get it out of the way. Oh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Insane. And, you know, it's, it's crazy how technology and, and medicine has come within probably, what, since 25 years to where it's you just, get that injury in 1996, you're done. Yeah. You're absolutely done for. And then fast forward to 2021, you're out for a year, and then you come back potentially better than what you were before you came out. And it's just – it, it's a crazy – phenomenon that's happening with these with these kids you know it's almost like an acl injury in like football exactly like that's a a great uh, comparison that used to be you were done for at least that rest of that year and a good a decent chunk of the next year now it's like there's a college football player that got um he tore his acl in like spring practice in around this time march april and he was back in October and he was a receiver. So yeah. like a position that requires a lot of lateral movement, which of course your ACL is very key. And it, it's, it's insane yeah. the way medical science has yeah, evolved. There's the word. No, you're right. I mean, we, we, we talk about the ACL and things like that, but that, is such a solid point whenever it comes to talking about things like TJ because you think of someone like Herschel Walker back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you, Herschel Walker blew out his knee. He was never the same. And you fast forward to someone like Adrian Peterson, what, eight years ago that he blew out his ACL and he was back in eight months. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, AP has never been the same since because, you know, running backs take a, take a toll. But it's still the same principle, right? Right. And, I mean, like, the ACL injury, I mean, ended up taking away what could have been an all-time – I mean, still an all-time great career. But, like, you look at Mickey Mantle and what he possibly could have done if he did trip on that drainage pipe. And he ended up playing, like, the rest of his career with a torn ACL, like, never got a surgery or anything. Mm -hmm. So – and the Mick is still regarded as one of the greatest players of all time. It was it was in game two of the nineteen fifty one World Series. Wow. So he played until he played until nineteen sixty eight. Wow. So 
he played That's... 17 more years on a potentially terrible completely torn ACL never got it repaired or anything that's insane that is to think of what insane. he the numbers he put up in that time frame like that, that's wild yeah so another thing I, I, I want to talk about and I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this we had we talk about the hot stove as you said being lukewarm over the last couple of years we had the Blue Jays kind of kicking stuff off this year. Um, they acquired from the Mets um, starting pitcher Stephen Matz, which was big time. And then, you know, as we talk about, and I'm sorry, this is a baseball cliche, and I apologize, but I have to say it. But at the bottom of the ninth, they kind of acquired George Springer, which was a big Springer, dinger. Bring your dinger. And go ahead. Like, you know, obviously I am with the rest of baseball that's not Houston Astros fans and despising some of the people involved in that whole scandal with the Astros. Like, I was a big Jose Altuve fan. Now I I, I can't stand him. But George Springer's kind of the one, like, I was like, oh, that's so really like George Springer <laughs> like he's he's an incredible ball player to, like to hit 30 home runs out of the leadoff spot and still be like a very solid leadoff hitter like that's that's special yeah that's special but I don't know I mean last year he was a 265 hitter which is not great it's not great, but it's on par with what George Springer usually does with his career. Um, we talk about outliers and potential cheating and things like that. You know, you don't want to get into semantics or anything like that. But, you know, in 51 games last year, he had 14 home runs, which, you know, you kind of multiply that by three to kind of figure yeah. what would George Springer do in a regular season. And then all of a sudden, he's at about 42 home runs. And you're like, wait a minute. He's at 265. And then you go the year before, whenever he was, you know, at, quote, unquote, the Astros were busted, right? That's whenever they were cheating. And then you think about, oh, he was hitting 292. And he would have had 39 home runs in 2019. So after the cheating scandal and after baseball kind of pulled the rug out from underneath of them. George Springer was going, uh, aside from average, which we've seen a historic dip in average over the last couple of years with baseball anyways, George Springer would have hit more home runs and tied his RBIs for his cheating year. Of course, this is all off of assumptions, right? Because it was a shortened season because of COVID. Absolutely. But I think that if you're the Blue Jays and you're looking to make an impact in the AL East with, you know, you have the Yankees that are contending for the last couple of years, you have the sleeping giants and the Red Sox. Um, you have the Rays that were absolutely relevant last year. Uh, and then of course, Angelo's, 
Orioles that are just poor old, poor old me every year. But regardless. The uh, Pirates of the American League. Pirates of, yeah. <laughs> uh, that could also go to the Royals, but the Royals made a World Series in the last 10 years, so. Yeah, yeah. But you look at the stats and you, you think about, okay, if this is what he did whenever you quote-unquote cheat, this is what you do whenever uh, – because for lack of a better term, that Astros scandal was out for everybody to see. Absolutely, yeah. And for him to almost replicate his numbers from the year prior other than batting average, you might be a, a star that someone like Toronto is willing to, to bank their money on. I don't blame them. I think it's a good move. It, it'll be fun to watch. I low-key – like, George Springer is the best player they acquired this offseason. But one we haven't touched on yet that from a clubhouse perspective and especially defensive perspective that I think might have been their biggest acquisition was uh, Simeon from uh, Oakland. Marcus Simeon. I couldn't think of his first name there for a second. Um, he – you know, he was part of that young Oakland team that he was kind of like, they all gelled together and ended up being typical ace team under Billy Bean. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of scrappy young guys and some veterans that had something to prove. And he was part of that clubhouse and coming in to a clubhouse that includes guys like, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Lourdes Correale, um, Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, and kind of like impairing that wisdom on them and trying to get them to form that same kind of bond. I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at their lineup now. It's, they have a very good lineup. I yeah, mean, they have some thunder. That is Marcus Simeon, Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, uh, Tuscaro Hernandez. He had a bomb on opening night. Or I guess it was the day game, but yeah, Vladdy. Goriel, um, and oh, Rowdy Tellez. I think he hit uh, 283, eight bombs. He was like, just good as so, I he was last year. My question is I, I guess we, we talk about the Blue Jays and we talk about Simeon coming over from the A's, but uh, I almost think it's invaluable to what George Springer could bring to that clubhouse. Oh, absolutely. Because he was a, you talk about Biggio, you talk about Guerrero, you talk about Bichette, you talk about all those young up-and-comers that they have on that on that squad. And they have two pretty formable starting pitchers in, in Ryu, and then they have, of course, the newly acquired Mats. You, you think about that, and then you think about, okay, George Springer was a part of that same fucking squad. Three yeah, years that's ago. true. Do you send when they put it all together, you know. Altuve, Correa. Now's the time to strike because Boston's down and out for for probably this year and maybe next year because of some of their payroll and their luxury tax issues that they have. They're pretty uh, bad. I'd say longer than the next two years. But then again, it's the Red Sox. They'll exactly. spend the money. That, yeah, yeah. They're one of the more richer franchises in, in baseball. So if they're out longer than two years, I'll be I'll be surprised. But, you know, it'll just be fun to watch, uh, really and truly, to see if Springer is able to bring that winning culture over to the Blue Jays and, and do it without banging on shit. So, we'll see. Speaking of 
money and spending money. But we uh, talk about the New York Mets a little bit. They, they made some moves. Oh, as one of our good friends calls it, what does he say, Uncle Steve? Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve, yeah. Spending some money. Um, hats off, kudos, congratulations, you deserve it kind of thing to the homie Francisco Lindor uh, playing out there in Queens. And I'm sorry that you're wearing the royal blue pinstripes and, and the orange. Um, we could have treated you a lot better over in the Bronx, but the Indians would have never treated you our way. And that's okay. I, I understand. Um, but, you know, we talk about clubs like the Pirates and we talk about clubs like the Orioles. And, you know, for the last couple of years, I think it's, I would be remiss to not mention that the Mets were kind of in that category to where baseball is better when those clubs are good. The same thing could be said, and I, I'm sorry to do this to you, but the same thing could be said about the Cubs years ago. You know, baseball is better when the Cubs are good. And I know you hate that being a Buccos fan, but it is what it is. Um, the, Cubs. <laughs> the Mets, you know, every single time I, I think about predictions and I think about, you know, potential pennant winners and I think about, you know, all this shit is that like if the Mets could put it together for a year, they could just be like they could just throw a dagger into everybody's thought process. They have Thor, they have Jacob deGrom. You know, they have Edwin Diaz on that back end of that bullpen. They have Frankie Lindor now in that lineup. Like, I just, if they could put it together, it would just be so great for that, for that city, for, for New York as a whole. You know, you, you think about a Mets fan. I don't know too many people that, you know, other than our good friend that is a Mets fan and a Giants fan. Most people are Mets fans and Jets fans. That's how New York is kind of split up. And that's gotta suck. What a fucking (laughs) life. Shout out Kevin James, but what a life that would be, you know. But baseball is better whenever the Mets are better. I um I think with the Mets, like you said, it's like the if they can put it all together, if the I feel like the Mets are a constant what if and have been for a long time. Like for a lot of years there was like what if what if we just stay healthy what if david wright doesn't get hurt for the eighth thousandth season in a row um and i just feel like it's always like that with the mets but i mean i like you said i when the first world series that i vividly remember was the subway series in 2000 i was eight years old um so i enjoy baseball and the mets are good and I enjoy baseball even more when the Yankees lose, which unfortunately didn't happen then. But, you know, Mets also picked up uh, Marcus Stroman. I mean, we'll see if he can bounce back. He had a, he had a rough last year in Toronto. Um, and I think he opted out last year, right? Or was he injured? I don't think he pitched last year, whatever the case was. I, I don't remember if I'm being completely honest with you. 
um, about Marcus Stroman. Uh, the only thing I can remember about Marcus Stroman, my dog, is that I feel like Marcus Stroman hasn't been good since the uh, World Baseball Classic. Yeah, well, thank God he was good. USA, USA. USA. <laughs> USA. They got your boy Betances over there, too. I forgot about that. Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, J.D. Davis, Lindor, Dominic Smith, Brandon Nemo, Kevin Poor. Yeah, they got some dogs out there, man. Michael Conforto. It's a pretty good team. But, again, it's the match. We'll see. What if? <laughs> I find that I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a Pirates fan. And you always suck. I'm so cynical with baseball sometimes. You know, I completely, and I feel bad about this because he was, he was dope in our bullpen there for a while. But I completely forgot about Dylan Batanzas. I did too. I forgot he went to the Mets. Yeah, me too. It seems how relevant he's been. But uh, Kedley Jansen comes in the game. Fly ball, one out. <laughs> True. All right, man. I think that's going to do it for the offseason moves. Um, I think we kind of hit on a on a bulk of them. And hey, listen, if we didn't, if you're like, oh my God, what about that one guy the ring oh, picked up? Baggers. Speaking of that, holy shit, this one we do have to touch on. I think, in my opinion, the biggest acquisition of the offseason, Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, anybody that knows me knows that Nolan Arenado is one of my favorite players in baseball. I think he's the best third baseman in baseball. He is an absolute animal. Gold glove defense, one of the best hitters on the planet. Kids a stud. Pairing him with Goldie in the middle of that Cardinals lineup, I hate it because they're in our division, but that's scary. I promise you that I didn't forget Nolan, and he was in the middle of my notes. Um, I see that now, actually, on the notes, but uh... – yeah, you know what about about Nolan? I I'm gonna tell you it'll be interesting to see because Sims and I years ago we had a heated debate about who you take it, Nolan or Manny. Uh, Manny's been in San Diego for the past couple years, and now Nolan is at a uh, Colorado. So it'll be fun to see. Um, I'm excited for Nolan though. St. Louis, whether you're into it or not, is probably one of the best baseball towns in the United States. As far as all all-time baseball franchises go, they're in the top 5, I'd say with the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers and the Cubs. I think those historically are like the five most successful franchises in baseball. Obviously the Cubs and Red Sox went a long time without winning a World Series, but I mean if there's like sometimes you'll see products advertised with MLB teams, and it's those five teams typically. Yeah, so. for sure. But, yeah, no, I, it, it, St. Louis is another one of those teams that baseball is better when they're good. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure. But, yeah, so thank you for the last-minute save on Nolan. Um, I think that does actually – officially wrap us up on off-season moves for this past year. 
Um, so since what I want to do, since this is our first rounding first podcast, and I don't know about you, but I'm pretty fucking fired up about it. Something that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, you know, actually record some of our thoughts about baseball because it's by far, you know, my favorite sport. Um, but yeah, and one thing. Go ahead. I, I someday will have to uh, to uh, break it to if I ever get married to my wife that uh, baseball is my first love and will always be my first love. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, but one thing I want to kind of dig into now that we talked about offseason acquisitions and moves and things like that, um, we're always talking shit and we're always predicting. And we're I, I, I would like to go through the American League and the National League and kind of predict who is going to be each division winner. Um, I would like to throw in a fold of who you think would be the wild card teams. And oh boy. aside from that, uh, of course, what kind of podcast or sports content would we be without a World Series prediction? So I, this is all coming straight from the hip. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I will kick off with the most important division in baseball. National League Central. No, the American. <laughs> okay, so for my prediction, and the, I, I apologize to everybody that's listening. I, I will tell you straight up, I'm a homer. I'm a Yankees fan through and through. Um, I have a Garrett Cole Yankees jersey. I've got my Yankees hat on backwards right now. I got a number 25 jersey from the 2009 World Series in my closet hanging up. I'm a Yankees guy. And it should be no surprise. I'm picking the Yankees uh, to win the AL East. Um, I will say this, though. This is very – oh, hold on. Uh, this is very contingent on their health. Um, and when Luis Severino comes back, I don't think they run away with it like they have in previous years. I do think the Blue Jays are going to make it closer than what a lot of experts think just because of their roster and kind of putting the correct pieces together. But I do think at the end of the day, the Yankees are going to run away with the um, AL or not run away with, but I think the Yankees are going to clinch the AL East. Um. I hate to agree with you, but I'm going to agree with you. Um, I think Toronto is a year and maybe a pitcher away, which they could very well acquire at the trade deadline. It seems like they, uh, they're they willing to be aggressive and go out and get the players that they need to get to win. Um, but, yeah, I think the Yankees are the class of the American League East right now. The Red Sox aren't going to be very good this year. Uh, the Orioles aren't either. Tampa <laughs> – Tampa always surprises me, though. Like, they've lost some guys, but they seem to always have that next guy. I mean, they still have Austin Meadows, former Bucko, absolute stallion. Same with uh, – uh, I've just blanked on the pitcher's name. Tyler Glass now. Um, and then they have 
the number one prospect in all of baseball and Wander Franco, who I'm sure will be up in a couple weeks after they fuck with his service time a little bit because that's, that's what you do when you have a young stud. Uh, you keep him out of the majors for some bullshit excuse so you don't have to pay him until – or you don't have to let him go in free agency until a year later. It's just a sad reality of that. But he he is incredible. I can't wait to see what he's going to do when he comes up. At the end of the day, I, I, it's the safe pick, but safe pick is the safe pick for a reason. Yeah, no. Um, one one really big wild card that I, we haven't really talked about with the Blue Jays, they're not playing in Toronto this year, correct? Um, no, they're actually are they? I don't think they I are. Think I think, so. I think, I think they're Canada playing in Buffalo. Like, no, no, no. But I think they're playing in Buffalo. The, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Buffalo. Um, I was but, yeah. sad because. They um they were originally trying to come play in Pittsburgh, like and living twenty minutes away. That would have been electric. Yeah, that would have been electric. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that has a little bit to do with what's going to happen this year with the Blue Jays, um, especially with a lot of ballparks this year letting in at least ten to twenty five percent capacity unless you're the state of Texas and letting in a hundred percent, but um, yeah, that's neither here nor there, but um, you would think mentally that would play a, a factor on somebody, you know, never really having a home field advantage. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that plays out for Toronto. So update after looking it up, uh, they only have their first two home series planned out which uh, actually we have two home – well, they have two home stretches, sorry. One is six games and the other is five. Um, So they have – they're playing those in Florida. Um, I think it's Tampa. Um, TD Ballpark in Dunedin, Dunedin, Florida. so, yeah, they'll be there through the first week of May, and they have no plans after that. I guess they're hoping that uh, Canada will open up a little bit so they can get back to uh, the Rogers Center. But as of right now, that's all they had planned out. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, we are going to move on to the AL West. Um, who you got for the AL West, buddy? American League West. The Houston Astros. Um, it's either, in my opinion, it's either them or the A's. I would love to say the Angels. I just don't think they have the pitching. I mean, obviously, they have Anthony Rendon and Michael Trout in the middle of their lineup. So, I mean, that's going to give you a chance to win some ball games. But at the end of the day, you got you got to be able to prevent runs, too. And uh, I just don't think they have enough juice there. Um, I know I'm missing... How am I blanking on the other two teams? The, all the Rangers and uh, Mariners. Mariners. Oh, yeah. Two of the uh, probably five worst teams in baseball. So, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to go with the Astros. They still have a lot of good pieces. I mean, their pitching's a little iffy with Verlander being out and obviously shipping off Garrett Cole. But I still think they're the class of that division. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I will be interested to see what the Astros do this year after, of course, the scandal and things like that. So uh, they still have Grinky down there. Uh, Ver, Verlander will be back eventually, I'm sure. Um, I know that they have bullpen issues, but, you know, eventually you get rewarded for not having any turnover and the Oakland A's. Um, they brought a majority of their talent back. Um, one thing, one big question mark I have about the Oakland A's is I, I will be curious to see how they do without Chris Davis in their lineup. Um, and that's Chris with a K, not that Mr. Adderall. I'm yeah, sorry. not not <laughs> Captain Adderall over there in Baltimore, but uh, the black guy, the the black Chris Davis, not in their lineup. And I can't remember for the life of me where they shipped him off to. The um, Texas Rangers. But it'll be interesting. Four. That's a – he's in a pitcher-friendly park there. I mean, I guess he was in Oakland too, though, so. But, yeah, Texas oh, is dude. pretty pretty big. Oakland ballpark was not anything friendly. It was old. No. It was smelly. All they had yeah. was a guy that hit the drum. Yeah, and Billy Bean working out somewhere because he just assembles teams. He doesn't watch them. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the AL Central. Um, I personally think this is pretty cut and dried. Um, I'm, I'm going with the White Sox. I think they're young and hungry. They had um, some key signings. I know that they um, added Adam Eaton. I know that they were looking for um, Trevor Bauer, but he ended up in L.A., so – uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm i not quite sure how the AL Central plays out, but I'm going with the White Sox. What about you? Buddy, I hate that you said it's cut and dry because I'm going with the Minnesota Twins, who are the defending division champions. Um, I mean, they added uh, Kenta Medea. To their pitching staff, they already got Jose Barrios, who is one of the Barrios, my apologies, one of the good young pitchers in baseball. Michael Pineda, solid, Jay Happ, um, you know. And then Mitch Garver, very good catcher. Miguel Sano, Jorge Polanco, the old bringer of rain over there on the hot corner when he gets back off the IL. Um, an off-season move that we didn't really uh, talk about that actually because he might have been there. No, he's new. Uh, Alderton Simmons, uh, one of the best, if not the best, defensive shortstops in baseball. Can't hit worth a lick, but, man, he's got a hell of a glove out there. And, of course, Byron Buxton, Matt Gold Glove center fielder, pretty good hitter. Max Kepler out there. Still got Nelson Cruz hitting bombs. I mean, they the White Sox have a really good team. Don't sleep on the Twinkies. They got they got a ball club up there. Oh, man, so. Nelson Boomstick, baby. <laughs> Dude, he's like 800 years old and still hitting 600-foot bombs. Yeah. Love to see it. Okay. Well, um, so our wild card teams are already going to be interesting. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and dig right into it. We already gave our reasons. Um, I think the Twins do have a good ball club. Uh, but I do think the Twins are going to be a wild card team. Um, and then the second wild card team, it really depends on their mental health and and where they're playing a the majority of their games. But I'm going Twins and Blue Jays for the AL wild card. Okay. Um, I was going to go. Hmm. I'm going to go with the A's and the White Sox. Okay. So you yeah, correct so me if I'm wrong. We have you, the same teams in the postseason, just different. No, who'd you say your wild card teams were? Blue Jays and the Twins. So you don't have the Astros in the playoffs. I have them winning. Oh, yeah, true. True, 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 true. Yeah. But, yeah, so. I mean, there's always surprises every year, but I feel like uh, those are the five, six best teams clear-cut in the American League. Like I said, you never know what Tampa Bay is going to do. So, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. So, we're going to go ahead and get into the National League, uh, which is the inferior league because they don't have the designated hitter. What was that? Sorry. Oh, I was going to say you didn't take the bait. I was surprised. Oh, no, I had to. Into the National League, which is the inferior league because they don't have the designated hitter. Oh, sorry that our pitchers had to be skilled and carry a bat, too. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that they adopted the universal DH 10, 15 years ago. We never get a Bartolo Colon home run. And could you imagine what life would be without that Bartolo Colon home run? Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to one glorious day less on Twitter. That's about it. I, I don't, I don't want to imagine life without that home run. So, <laughs> don't take that away from me. Justin Upton just hit a bomb in the bottom of the eighth to give the Angels a two-run lead on the White Sox. I didn't know Justin Upton was still around. Yeah, I was just talking about him earlier today because uh, we were talking about uh, athletes. Jalen Suggs, the point guard for Gonzaga, who just hit a game-winning shot in overtime to send his team to the title game tonight. He uh, was also like a five-star football prospect. And we were talking about uh, athletes that were like in high school. They were like top recruits in multiple sports. And Justin Upton was like, a top 10 recruit in three different sports. He uh, was a really good football player and a really good basketball player, as well as being one of the best baseball players in the country. Whatever happened to BJ? You mean Melvin? Melvin. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what old Melly's up to lately. Old Melly. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go ahead and dig right into the National League predictions. We're going to kick it off with the East. Um, who you got? Uh, Melvin Upton is retired, by the way. Um, you said national, we're starting with the East, correct? Um, so the East is interesting. We talked, uh, in length about the Mets already. Um, they have the potential to be a really good team. Um, Philly, they got some dogs there. Philly, they could be a very good team. But I think the best team in the American League East is the Atlanta Braves. Um, you know, they got 
those young stallions out there and Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, you have Freddie Freeman, who's coming off MVP season, correct? I'm not crazy, right? He won MVP last year. I'm going to feel like an idiot if he didn't. I'm almost positive he won MVP last year. Freddie Freeman, you were correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, their rotation isn't the greatest. I mean, they have Charlie Morton, um, Max Fried, Freed, however it's pronounced. I think their best pitcher, Soroka, he's uh, coming off the, an injury, I believe, to his Achilles, which would be interesting, especially if it's on his plant foot. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the Braves are the best team in that division. Can't forget about Marcel Ozuna, one of the most underrated players in baseball for a long time now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I really don't have much more to add. I'm, I'm also going with the Braves. Um, yeah. We're going to move right into the National League West. Um, Saving the I, best for last. <laughs> I don't think that they're, you know, I talked about the White Sox earlier. Um, I don't think that there is a better, more well-rounded team in baseball now or within the last 10 years than what Andrew Friedman was able to do out in Los Angeles with the L.A. Dodgers. Um, it's going to be as a baseball fan let me start here as a Yankees fan it's it's disgusting, it's aggravating it's frustrating as a baseball fan, holy shit, good for them yeah the talent that they were able to accumulate over the years from a starting rotation perspective, you have Kershaw now you have Trevor Bauer, you have Walker Bueller, you have uh, Bueller. Or no, Ross Stripling is in Toronto now, yeah? Yeah, they have uh, Julio Arias and Dustin May are their other two starters. Uh, they have, if he can get his shit together, one of the best closers in baseball in Kenley Jensen. And then one to seven, they hit from power. They have reserves at the Baja. I, I mean – like I said earlier with this podcast, if you don't bet money on the Dodgers, you're a moron. They're plus 350 right now. Go throw some money on them if if you are a betting man. If you're not, cool. Okay. But we'll talk again in October, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll probably do something cool and, and record it. But I don't think there's been a more sure bet in sports over the last 10 years than – well, I – Golden State I was and Cleveland say, playing gold, in the yeah. finals. Yeah, <laughs> Golden State is probably one of those. But, um, yeah, the the Dodgers have everything that you want. And kudos to them because they got a fucking classic uh, baseball stadium to go along with it. So. so, yeah, I mean, I'm going with the Dodgers too. It shouldn't be very surprising. Um, I have their roster pulled up. Things I completely forgot. They picked up both Corey Knable and Blake Tryon in their bullpen. 
both of them or Blake Tryon is one of the best really relievers in baseball. He actually got shelved today, apparently. So that makes me look dumb. But like he I think it was his 2019 season trying to pull it up when he was with the A's. He was absolutely electric. It was actually 2018. But he went nine and two with a 0.78 ERA. 38 saves, 80 innings pitch. Where was his strikeouts? His strikeouts were absolutely insane that year, too. He had 180 innings. So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that he potentially has, um, which pretty good. But also in their bullpen, uh, former World Series MVP David Price. Yeah, I, uh, I like guess David Price being a fucking bullpen arm. That, that's when you know you're. I mean, that's whenever you turn. You'll you'll appreciate this reference. That's whenever you turn the um, payroll off on MLB The Show and you just start yeah. signing people in free agency. I mean, that's what they did. They brought in Magic Johnson and that new ownership group, and they're like, "We're gonna do what George Steinbrenner used to do." Steinbrenner, sorry, apologies. Um, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to spend any money necessary. We're going to bring in the players we want. We're going to trade for them if we have to. We don't care what the price is. We're going to do it, and we're going to win championships. Because in baseball, you can do that because there's no salary cap. Well, you know, on another podcast that we talk about, everybody's got their price. Everybody's got price for a million-dollar man. You got that right. Okay, so Dodgers. Um, I'm going to go to the, <laughs> I, I apologize, buddy. Um, I, I really do. Um, the best division in baseball. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, the national league central division, um, yeah. So I think with the acquisition of Nolan Arenado, um, batting side by side with, uh, Paul Goldschmidt and the veteran leadership out of Yadi Molina. Um, I'm going with the St. Louis Cardinals. Shocker. All right. Here's the deal. 2021 will go down as one of the most surprising seasons in baseball history. When led by MVP Cabrian Hayes, the Pittsburgh Pirates win the National League Central. No, obviously I'm kidding. Uh, it's going to be the Cardinals. I was going to say, you know, the, you know you can't turn the sliders down. Right? Oh, you had to turn them sliders up and hit them bombs, brother. I mean. <laughs> Dingers are I, gone forever. I mean, they they have a really good rotation. Jack Flaherty is a stallion. Adam Wainwright somehow still pitching in the bigs. Felt like feel like he's been around since Pulhos's rookie year. Um, Carlos Martinez throwing some smoke. They got a uh, Mike Michaelis or or Miles Mike. I don't even know. I think it's Michaelis. Miles Michaelis. Um, he's on the IL right now. He'll be back. They got some flamethrowers in their bullpen and Alex Reyes and Jordan Jordan Hicks. Um, Andrew Miller's also there. Um, 
the the stalwart behind the plate, Yadier Molina. Okay, just for reference, uh, Adam Wainwright is eighty-one. Is a year older than Yadier Molina, so yeah, he's been around forever. Of course, yeah. like I said, you got Goldie and uh, Nolan hitting in the middle of that lineup. Still got Tommy Edmond, Paul DeJong. Uncle no. Charlie made his debut in 2005, 16 years ago. That's crazy. For a lot of people that, <laughs> that may just be getting into baseball, 16 years for a starting pitcher. Of course, Wainwright, he didn't debut as a starting pitcher. He was in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, aside from that, 15 years as a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball is a very, very long time. And so you said 2005? Yeah, 2005. That's, oh, 2005. Uh, one of the most distinct memories I have of baseball came from the 2005 playoffs. Albert Pujols, that bomb he hit off Brad Lidge in Houston. Oh, I don't think that ball was it 16 years. I don't think it's landed yet. It's somewhere in the atmosphere, just flying around out there. It probably hasn't. Pool Hall is a <laughs> fucking machine. 21 straight opening day starts. And the crazy thing is, is he's probably three or four years older than we think he is. Probably. So it's also weird to see your heroes get old. It's, I actually, I talked to a friend about this the other day with um, Roy Williams retiring and me being a big Carolina fan. And he's been the only coach I've known since being a Carolina fan. And as a Steelers fan, big Ben's coming to the end. It's, it's, that's one of the shitty things about getting old. One of the worst things for me so far is watching my sports heroes from when I was a kid starting to retire and move on. Peyton Manning is another great example, especially for you. Um, Don't ever, (laughs) don't ever bring him up. The sheriff, man. I didn't even fucking get after Peyton. I didn't even get a, a several good years of Andrew Luck. He was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm sorry. Uh, Talking about fucking, it it was like, that's the karma that the Ursays get for picking up and moving out of Baltimore overnight because Andrew Luck was like, yeah, I'm going to retire. That was yeah. karma. If anybody is ever curious, like, does karma exist? Talk about the fucking Indianapolis Colts and Andrew. Oh, man. Fuck Baltimore. They should have moved out of Baltimore. It's a shithole. <laughs> One of the prettiest ballparks in the land, though, I will tell you that. I think I'm going to post it on the uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I found the meme last night that was like, so the. We're going to do a visual meme for you guys here. You'll be able to check it on the Twitter, though. Uh, the top is uh, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore fans in football. And it's just like Steelers fan to Ravens fan going back and forth. And then the bottom is uh, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore fans in baseball. And it's just two dudes looking at each other. One uh, says we suck, and the other one says we do too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you can't have it all, man. Sure. I mean, I've been to a bunch of Orioles games. I've to the point when uh, Francisco Cervelli was the catcher for the Pirates. I went to a Pirates Orioles game in Baltimore, and I had my whole section singing "That's Amore" every time they came up the bat, and like I was the only Pirates fan there, so I was pretty sick. <laughs> Francisco Cervelli, 
The man of too many concussions. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's his plate. You ain't taking it from him. Hey, man. He, he might was, knock his lights. At, he might at knock one his time, lights out. He was but... the successor of um, Jorge Posada, brother. I know all about yeah. Cervelli. But yeah, so I'm, I'm going to hand it over to you, though, for a minute here. Because I want to talk about the National League wild card. Who are you going with? Um, I have the Padres and the Mets. I think it's going to be a battle between the Padres, the Mets, and the Phillies the whole way to the wire for those two wild card spots. But I think ultimately it's going to be the Mets and the Padres. Okay. I don't think outside the Cardinals, I don't think the Cubs, the Reds, or the Brewers are going to compete for a playoff spot. I don't think Miami's going to repeat their magic from last year. The Nationals, I want to see the Nationals play. The Nationals could be a sneaky good team this year. I mean, when you have Steven Strasburg and uh, Max Scherzer at the top of your rotation, you're always going to have a chance. Don't and, I mean, about Patrick Corbin that hasn't popped yet for them. And John Lester is there. I've I mean, heard about John Lester. Kyle Schwarber signed there. Yeah, and I mean, dude, it'll be fun. Josh Bell. Yeah, it'll be fun. That's for sure. Um, but for and, the NL uh, wild, card, oh, go ahead. I cut you off. No, I was just, I was, I wasn't gonna bitch about that or anything. I was just saying, I just wanted to say, <laughs> like, Juan Soto is so fucking good at baseball, man. Yeah, yeah. that kid is unbelievable. He's twenty-two one, uh, years old. What we think? He hit 351, 13 dingers, and 40 ribbies last year in the shortened season. We think he's 22. I don't know if they fudge it like they used to. Even if he's 25, he's still impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I'm also going with the Padres and the Mets. The Mets are always wild, though. Um, it comes down to starting rotation health, and it seems that they just cannot put it together. Um, I'm hopeful with James McCann and Frankie Lindor. You know, Thor's coming back. Um, it'll be fun and interesting, even as a Yankees fan, like I've like I've mentioned. I hope that uh, the Mets come back because baseball is just better when they're good. Um, so it, it'll be fun to watch. I, I, there's something about the Phillies, and I hate rooting against my boy Didi. Didi's over there <laughs> in the red pinstripes with old Joey G, and uh, yeah, I, I dislike rooting against Didi and Joe, but I don't think they have the rotation or the bullpen to put it together yet. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going with Padres and Mets. Oh, wow. Um, just some – I just got an alert that apparently um, two local senators here in Pittsburgh are um, encouraging Major League Baseball to host the All-Star Game in Pittsburgh this year. That would be electric. Wow. Cool. You know why? It, and not only because I live 20 minutes away and I would definitely do some things, maybe rent a canoe and go out there in a river, catch some bombs. 
I want the world to understand how beautiful PNC Park is. Behind home plate at PNC Park is the best view from any stadium in America. I'll put that on a. If you're it's untouchable. A, if you're a genuine baseball fan though, and you don't understand how great of a stadium PNC Park is, right off there, off the the river, right down by the river, down North Shore. If you if you don't comprehend that and you're a baseball fan, then I do urge you to like, even from a video game perspective, from from the show perspective, they do that ballpark justice. I urge you to check it out. Um, it is absolutely beautiful. So, so yeah, um, we're gonna go ahead and move right into our World Series predictions. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. I have the Dodgers over the Yankees. Um, let's be honest. From a baseball perspective, this is the series that everybody wants to see over the last few years. Um, I do think, and this rips my heart out to say, but I do think the Dodgers have the depth um, that they win in seven. Um, but it, I, I worry about the Blue Jays. You know, even from this perspective, getting a bonafide star in George Springer, having some of those young prospects pop like Vlad, and um, he was like 50 pounds lighter, apparently. Um, they could have a fun, deep run like the Yankees did a few years ago. You know, nobody had the Yankees against the Astros in that AL championship two years ago. You mean the last time Aaron Judge was good? Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey. I, you've known me well enough to know that I don't know if Aaron Judge can have a sustainable career in baseball because of the injuries that he's endured. But hey, know. if he doesn't make it in baseball, you can always be Aaron Gordon's body double. That's true. True stunt double for sure. But yeah, so that is my World Series prediction. Uh, where are you going? I'm going to go the Dodgers and six over the Chicago White Sox. Um, I just I struggled with this because all the so shit that often, you talked about the Twins being a better team than the White Sox and you're putting in the World Series. Hey, that's the regular season, Jack. That's a completely different ball game. All right, brother, let's do it. I I just I struggled with it though because. Part of me also wanted to pick the Yankees because so often in the postseason it comes down to pitching. And when you can throw, if healthy, Garrett Cole out there, you can throw Sevy out there, you can throw Corey Cleaver out there, uh, Corey Kluber. Um, Not the Cleaver. <laughs> you know, and you throw those guys out there the first three games of a series, you can have a team sunk before they even know what's going on. You know what I mean? So – it was a struggle not to pick them. I just I don't know what it is with the White Sox. I just believe in them in the playoffs. <laughs> but I do think the Twins are going to have a better record in the regular season. Okay, so that is our World Series prediction for this year. Um, a little bit of a bonus pick, I think. Uh, we're going to run into Sims and I. We're going to give off kind of our top-of-the-head predictions for – each uh, division's Cy Young and MVP. 
So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with the American League Sims. Who you got for Cy Young? This is probably boring, but Garrett Cole. Yeah, no, it's not boring at all. I, I think this is the year that he proves as to why he was the uh, great white or yeah. for our friends at home, the great white Buffalo um, for Brian Cashman. He could have been a Yankee years ago and then decided to go back to college. Um, I think this is the year that he proves that he is a Yankees fan today, tomorrow, and forever, as the majestic sign says that shows every single time Garrett Cole takes the ball for the New York Yankees. Um, And I can imagine that your pick for American League MVP is also going to be boring because I know how you (laughs) feel about a certain player. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and kick it off to you. Who, who are you taking for AL MVP? Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say at this point. It's Mike Trout. I mean, he's the best baseball player I've ever seen. He's, he's absolutely incredible. If somehow this reaches the ear of anybody in the front office for the Los Angeles Angels, what the fuck are you doing wasting that man's career we need Mike Trout in October. Do it. Get some pitchers in there. You have a good lineup. You can score runs. Get some pitchers in there. Mike Trout needs to be in October. And promote the damn guy. The man should be the face of baseball. And no, he could walk down the street in New York City without people noticing him. It's absurd, and I hate it. But at the end of the day, MVP, once again, Michael Nelson Trout. I hope that that is the case for my fantasy baseball squad. Um, however, I'm going to go a different route just because they scare me. Um, I think he gets the monkey off of his back um, with the previous um, controversies surrounding his old club. But I think I think George Springer takes the AL MVP this year. Mm. I don't even know if he's a betting favorite. That's just right off the dome. I would have to imagine that Mike Trout is the betting odds favorite to win MVP every year. Oh, I'm sure. I just I fear yeah. Mike Trout deserves it every year, but I fear that they are getting betting fatigue uh, with Mike Trout, yeah. similar to um, your favorite basketball player of all time, LeBron James. This is a baseball podcast, Kevin. Um, <laughs> apologies. Okay. All right. Going into National League, Cy Young Award winner. Who you got? This is tough because I'm, I'm sitting here, sitting here thinking, and. The one name that keeps circling back for me is Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow, really? Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's my pick. I mean, other than the – it's like swirling around in my head, like, you know, the turd that won't go away. I, You know, I think he's a really good pitcher. I think they're going to be a really good team. Um, and obviously, you know, yeah, I think you put together is 
this might surprise you. I don't think it will because I know you're high on this guy for a long time. Um, I think he's getting a second opportunity in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So I'm really excited to see what he does this year, and I think this is going to be one of the more sneaky acquisitions. Uh, but I think you, Darvish, is going to be the National League Cy Young Award winner. Um, like I said, he's in Petco with a, a pitcher-friendly park. I'll be excited to see if he does anything with it. Um, I, I, I think the Cy Young Award is going to be in San Diego. I just don't know if it's going to be you or Blake. Yeah, Blake Snell's a stud. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, lastly, for our last prediction, we are going to run into the National League MVP. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take this one away. I'll kick it off. I already gave my answer, so. You did? No, I'm just kidding. I said Cabrian hates, but it was a joke. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got <laughs> me. Okay, you got me. Um, I think that this, this one's tough for me, but I think that it's going to be Nolan Arenado. I think that he is going to have – I think he's going to feel like he has something to prove this year being out of Colorado, uh, being in St. Louis, being in a baseball town, being on a potential um, division winner. Um, Yeah. uh, I think it's going to be Nolan. I think he's going to ball out this year and hitting with the protection of Goldschmidt. I think he's going to get more opportunities to ball out. So it is, um, Fight or flight for Mr. Arenado. And so every time we go in these prediction shows and I like think of a prediction that I think are, is going to be like surprising to people or like, especially you, I get super excited about it. Like, I'm like, I can't wait to drop this bomb. And then you said Nolan Arenado and my, uh, all my hopes and dreams were dashed because that's my pick as well. Um, you know how high I bet on Nolan Arenado. We spoke on that earlier. Um, if he can repeat the production he had in Colorado on a winning baseball team, he's going to win MVP. Um, I think there might be some guys on the Dodgers that'll be in contention, but like I said, guys, I think they'll take votes away from each other, being Bellinger and Mookie Betts. I also low key think that Corey Seager is going to have a huge year. He's in a contract season. You know about ballplayers on contract season. Um, I think Corey Seager is going to have a tremendous year. So I think those three guys will kind of take votes away from each other. Or, you know, so, yeah, I think it's going to be Nolan Arenado. I think Ronald. You know who I'm excited to see kind of ball out this year that is away from – we talk about the Dodgers, right? And I don't know about you, but other than, like, Belly and Mookie, um, it's really difficult to draft Dodgers for fantasy baseball, right? I think one person I'm really excited to watch is Jock Peterson over in Chicago. Yeah, we didn't bring that up either. That is a big pickup because Jock, like, couldn't – it was hard for him to get in the lineup every day with uh, the studs they have out there in Dodgerland and – 
he's yeah. he's a good he's got some he's got thunder in that bat. Yeah, and he has the potential to hit between Rizzo and Bryant. So it'll be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, that's that's not that's not as good as it was three years ago, but I mean I guess they're still all right. The thing about baseball is that you can always figure it out though. Yeah, I mean yeah. Okay. I, I will say this and I don't think enough people know this. And I, I have this conversation with our one close friend who is a fellow Pirates fan. Anthony Rizzo, you might not know it if you don't watch him on a regular basis, is one of the dirtiest players in baseball. If you don't believe me, watch some Cubs games, watch him over there on first base. I see him 20 times a year. I I'm not speaking from a biased perspective here. I genuinely, I, it pisses me off seeing some of the things he does on first base. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) That, I did not detect, I did not detect even an inch of sarcasm there. So good. Just just a reminder, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen that are listening, Sims is a Buccos fan. So he really does not like the Cubs. I love the Cubs. They're my second favorite team. (laughs) Go Cubs, go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us on our first episode of Rounding First. It is myself, Kerry Getz, along with my co-host, Sims. Yeah, Uh, thank you, guys. I'm going to go wash my mouth out with soap after I said that because it disgusts me. (laughs) 